David, welcome to the Convene podcast. Thanks for being with us. I'm very excited to be with you. Greg, it's great to be with you, especially fresh back from your trip. Exactly. Uh, somebody asked me what I, what my, what my biggest takeaway was from Israel, and it's not very theological. Uh, my answer was only one word, geography. And mm -hmm. it was basically that I finally understood <clears throat> the proximity of some of these places to each other. So that was that was great. But for people who don't know you, I am a raving fan of your background. I'm a raving fan of you, but I'm a raving fan of your background. Mechanical engineering degree with an MBA. There's two things. A master's in theology and a diploma in Anglican studies. But wait, there's more. Worked in corporate America, leading an organization that cared for nuclear power plants for the fleet of nuclear submarines. And here you are leading the Pocket Testament League. God, God has a funny plan for my life. <laughs> I can't <laughs> wait to see what else is in store. But yeah, yeah, it's been, I've been blessed. I've always worked with great people. Uh, you know, I got to work with this, uh, the men and women of our United States Navy, just remarkable people, and then been blessed to. To work with other folks now at the league and, and whatnot and in and in the church so yeah it's been it's been great. great and for those of you listening who are not familiar with convene we're a comprehensive leadership organization we help leaders to grow and thrive as as business leaders as family members as uh, humans created in the image of god and so we have a network of consultants and coaches and peer-to-peer uh, -peer networking groups and you can find out more about us at convenenow.com and you can find out more about the Pocket Testament League at ptl.org, as in pockettestamentleague.org. But David, um, many of our listeners, if they know about Pocket Testament League, they know about these little guys, mm -hmm. these things that are in my backpack at all times, and I give out to taxi drivers and airline attendants and, but really, that is not necessarily the only part of the league today. So take us from here to today. Sure. Well, thank you. Um, the league at its most basic level, right, is, is we are about helping Jesus's followers share their faith. That's really at our core. Uh, now, most of us kind of struggle to do that. It, you know, we can get frustrated about it. We can... Um, even feel a little bit overwhelmed. Uh, some people even feel guilty. So, so at the league, we kind of get that. And that's why we've got this really simple, repeatable process uh, by offering somebody the word of God. I say to let the word of God do the heavy lifting of the human heart rather than my arguing um, by sharing uh, the gospel of John. So people typically see us as the gospel of John folks. Um, and we've done it, you know, we've taught millions of people, done it about 150 million times around the world. Um, the way we do that, though, is really there's, I say there's three lanes. There's three ways that happens. We have members, uh, about 30,000 of them. They'll reach 1.2 million people uh, in North America, the United States, and in a place called Canada that Greg knows something about. Something. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, that's, there's just saints of the Lord and they're sharing their faith. We also uh, share gospels digitally. We launched a digital app in November of 2020. Um, and we are in all but 16 countries of the world today. And the number one country downloading a gospel of John is Iran. 
Um, the top countries are in the 1040 window for people. Many people know what that is, but if you just look at a box of a map, kind of goes across North Africa into the Middle East, into Southeast Asia, really tough living conditions. Some of the more difficult governments uh, where religious freedom is very, very limited. And so about 14,000 people today will download the Gospel of John app on their phone. And it's remarkable to see that. So people don't often think about us as uh, in that kind of a space, but that will reach 4 million people this year. And then finally, we've got partners, which we love. Uh, and our partners are our, our ministry partners, their churches, and their businesses like convening businesses. You know, for example, we've got partners in Ukraine. And this week we are printing in Kiev, which we're praying, you know, praying for safety, but our, our thought, and Greg, you referred to my business background, we could have printed those gospels someplace else and shipped them in. But I thought, let's put hard currency in to a business so people can buy bread for their families and we're still going to get gospels, you know, into people's hands because it's just, well, that's just the beauty of an economy. And so, uh, and since Russia invaded Ukraine, uh, both in Ukraine and in surrounding countries, over a million people have been invited. Now the pocket testimony has got 12 people in it. So, so how do we do that? Well, we do that by connecting hearts, right? We've got people in the United States who love the word of God, see what's going on in the Ukraine, are, are torn up with that. And we've got mission agencies on the ground who tell us they can't do their job without a gospel. And we connect the two. Those are our partners. Um, and we also have uh, great uh, businesses that they're just all sorts of creative ways that they want to get involved with mission. Uh, and some of our strongest partners in the business lane, I would say, is in our, our convened companies. So it's why, Greg, you and I are chatting. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, I don't know. I find that so many business executives, they, they want to use their company as a vehicle for the kingdom of God, uh, in addition to the, um, you know, the, the, the good and true and beautiful work they do just doing the work they do, right? If they make picture frames, if they create software, if they make food products, if they, uh, you know, work in foreign countries, whatever the work they do, you know, uh, from your um, theological background that God smiles on that period. But in addition, people might say, I want to use my platform of influence as the leader of my company to uh, do something about bringing people in touch with the message of the gospel. And uh, whether it's now um, digital or good old fashioned paper, uh, people can do that. So you've talked about partnering and how people can partner with you. We feel this in intense kinship and, and work together with you. But how can somebody who's listening who says, well, I'm, you know, I'm just a manufacturing business in the middle of some state, uh, what can they do? Yeah, that's a great question. Yeah, we very intentionally use that word partner. And, and Greg, as you talked about, you know, people give glory to God by doing their jobs with excellence, you know, making the best picture frames or software, as you you've talked about, that God smiles on that. And CEOs are so busy, you know, they, they revenue generation, they got to deal with quality, they got to operate with efficiency, government regulations. I mean, the list just goes on. Create a thriving culture for your employees after you find the best employees that you can find. Um, 
you know, they don't need another sermon about the Great Commission. They don't need another lecture about the unique position that God's put them in. And so I've kind of thought, you know, what if somebody just gave them some help, uh, gave, you know, for helping them? Uh, and, you know, I kind of think that's a partner. You know, and we think there's four key factors there, which kind of gets us into the answer to your question. The first is have a partner who I want to come in and compliment what they want to do um, versus showing up and saying, support me and my ministry and my goals. Like, no, uh, you, you're trying to use your business. You feel, you feel a responsibility for that. Like, let's, what do you want to, what do you want to run at? Let me compliment that. Second, um, can I be agile enough where I could go from like full turnkey solution to let somebody roll up their sleeves and completely redesign my process. Right. Cause they, that, cause they're just that kind of a CEO and they come in all shapes and sizes. And, and third, um, we just, um, we've got a dearth of experience because we've been blessed to work with lots of convenient companies. We like, well, Hey, here's a hundred other companies. Here's the solutions they've used. I'm a big fan for best practices. You know, let's not reinvent the wheel if we don't have to. And then finally, just be serious about goals. If somebody comes alongside and says, David, we want to work to achieve this. Would you partner with us? Like, yeah, that's my goal. I'm going to own it. I'm going to report back to you. I'm going to be accountable the way business operates. So that's what we're trying to do. That's why we use that, that word partner very specifically to try to uh, come in and um, help companies do that. So let me just give you two examples or kind of two ends of the spectrum. I've got a company that wants to reach a million people for Christ. And they think the pocket testimony is an extremely efficient way to do that. And I'm like, where do you, where, what area of the world has the Lord put your heart on? Or is, are you? And so we run at that. And I give them like a quarterly report. When I show up, they, last time they dragged me back and said, hey, let's brief the employees about what we, our company's doing. So I'm like on a staff person for them, right? Almost. And it's great. I love it. The other end of the spectrum is I've got a person who wants to witness their faith. And we literally sat down and designed a, a custom gospel, the classic kind of paper partner gospel. And, on the, and we talked about using it in the hiring process. And he wrote a little blurb on the inside of the cover, which basically said, you know, I'm trying, thanks for even considering coming to work for our company. We are, uh, I'm trying to run this company by following the principles of Jesus. I love the next sentence that he wrote. I fail at it all the time, which <laughs> just great humility, but we're wow. trying about that. And, and we're trying to do that. And we didn't want you surprised. We just want to be transparent about, about that. Uh, and then, you know, it's not going to affect our hiring practices or salaries, all, all the kind of things in terms of, you know, you don't have to join our cult because, uh, you know, you can think about that, but it was their heart to be transparent with the people they were selecting. You know, and that's kind of the two ends of the spectrum in terms of, you know, um, really rolling up their sleeves and say, David, how do we do this? I was like, well, let's sit down and kind of write that out and talk to the human resource, human resource people and pull in another one of your great resources, Pacific Justice League, you know, um, just to make sure we get all the words right and we're on the right legal ground. So, but that's an example of, well, what do you want to do, CEO? Let's, let's sit down and put that together because I want to serve you uh, and be your partner. I love that. I love that. Um, you know, it, it reminds me of kind of this, um, this strange dichotomy that I see happening, uh, often, which is, um, you know, we, we like to give to organizations that do something, but we don't want to get our hands dirty, right? It, it would look like, and there's nothing wrong with this. We want to give to an organization that feeds homeless people, but we don't want to go and feed homeless people. 
uh, we want to give to an organization that digs water wells, but we don't want to go and dig a water well. So I, I was talking to somebody this week who said, um, you know, we're doing really well as an organization. And I'm so excited to say that our work uh, has produced revenue, has produced net income. We've given away a lot of money and we gave it to an organization that a lot of people came to faith in Christ. And I would say, that's great. But there's something, <laughs> there's something about saying to the employee, to the taxi driver, to the flight attendant, this is really important to me. Can I give it to you? Or now sending an email to somebody that you know as a friend who's not a Christ follower and sending them the digital uh, version of, of Pocket Testament League, right? Uh, so I love how <clears throat> that story you just told is getting your evangelistic hands dirty, if I can put it that way, because you're, you're in the soup making it in, instead of giving money to somebody else to make soup. Does that make any sense? It does. And I, what I see over and over again is the Lord kind of blessing that, you know, we, we get people who, cause, because the, you know, I think God knows when any of us take a step of faith, you know, he wants to bless that. And it's the classic, you know, when you first come to faith, you know, you'll experience lots of things. And then over time you experience less because the Lord's trying to grow you up in, in your faith. Right. So he's, he's going to, he's going to show you the results early on, but then you're going to labor a little bit because you've got to be faith. Even if got to have faith, even if you don't see him working. So when a, when a business owner, leader steps out in faith, the, the Lord really does bless them and show them some results. And that just excites them because, yeah. you know, they, yeah they got a jillion things to do, right, Greg? I mean, and so it would be easy to justify not getting your hands dirty. Uh, it really would be. And so when, when they make it a priority for themselves, I think God really honors that. And yeah. so we get, you know, we get great stories, great stories about these guys. They just smile. One guy called me up. He goes, I gave my first gospel out. He gave it and he was all excited. And he was from Staten Island. And so he had that heavy accent. You know, I'm from New York. He's from Staten Island. He goes, these things are like gospel butter. The gospel butter. Do you know that? I just was like, I loved it. He goes, you know, do you know they work? And I said, because I was, I was like, okay, I'm talking to a fellow New Yorker. I said, they work really? I know. I didn't know that. <laughs> Let me use sarcasm, but he was so excited. Um, and I just smiled the whole way, you know, and because uh, he had a great conversation uh, with a wait staff person. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so um, again, somebody listening might be uh, thinking, I know those guys at Pocket Testament League. I, I've I knew them 20 years ago. And talk about the countries that you're in now that might be a little surprising for people to hear. Yeah, so we're in all but 16 countries slash territories. Google tends to break up the world by you know by uh, position. So while while American Samoa is part of the United States, it would be listed a little bit separately so they can track it. So we're in all. So Google has 242 countries and territories in the world. We're all but 16. You know, we're not in North Korea um, and whatnot. But so the stunning thing is that between print and digital, we've got pretty remarkable coverage. So if a person has a real burden for a specific area, we, we're, we have, we're working in it most likely. Uh, and so it, digitally, it's the 1040 window, which is just stunning to see how that's how that's happening. But even 
um, digitally in Eastern Europe with, with Ukraine and things like that with supply lines. So the digital space is really um, uh, quite expansive over the globe. And I would say in print, our large areas in print are obviously United States, North America, um, uh, Eastern Europe, we're very committed to that. We've been there for a while. China, we're still in China. Uh, India, legally in China, we're in India. And then the continent of Africa, a fascinating thing, Greg, is I think by 2050, they're projecting about half the planet's population is going to be on that continent. Mm -hmm. So we're, we're trying to get there. And we're in South Africa, West Africa, and East Africa on the ground, working with organizations using printed gospels of John. And then Northern Africa is largely digital. And so, um, so, and then we're in what we call kind of the greater Middle East. We, we work with some pretty amazing people in places like Pakistan and on the border of Afghanistan and a few other places. Mm. Um, so oh. that's, kind of, that's kind of where we're, where we're working. Um, we're, we're running at trying to reach, um, you know, 130 million people between 2019 and 2028. So that's 130 million people. Um, and that last year we will be reaching 25 million people a year. So it's a ramp up to try to build the capacity of the organization, kind of classic business thing, which is why I love hanging out with convene guys. Like, how do I scale this thing? I want to do this the right way. Yeah. Um, and so our, you broke it down into a bite-sized morsel of 21, 22, and 23 of those years, 30 million and three is kind of our tagline. You know, we're halfway in. So my board, which is full of convened CEOs, will say, okay, Colin, you're halfway in. Where are you? <laughs> you know, where are we? Where are we? We're more than halfway there. We'll we'll actually cross 20 million here in a, another month. And it could be by so all, all this happens by God's grace. Um, could be 35 million people. So wow. globally, Greg, the, the stunning thing, and I would say, and that includes the United States, is there's a spiritual hunger. You know, um, we see digitally, we, we take ads out on Google and we put find hope in Jesus and, and we do our due diligence. We do AB testing, like good marketing people. So we'd have two, two taglines, find hope, find hope in Jesus. And if you put the name Jesus in a Google ad in Arabic, it will outperform the other ad by about 20 to one there's just a spiritual hunger. Mm. But in the United States, we see a lot of disillusionment and you have to, you know, you have to come at it a little bit different way, but you and I both know the root issue is this just a spiritual disease and they're looking for yeah. meaning. You know, in the U S we use words like meaning and purpose and identity, you know, the, those, the gospel answers those questions. And so we have to kind of approach it a little bit differently, but so it's, it's an amazing time right now for, for and the Lord's doing amazing work. Let's go back for just a second to the digital, the digital uh, pathway. Mm -hmm. Let's say somebody's listening and they say, I'm just not a person who's going to carry the gospels and I'm, I'm not going to give it to people. It's just not who I am. Now, I don't agree with that, but there are people like that. Uh, what would you say to them if they want to be a digital um, person and email somebody they've met or a friend of theirs with the pocket testament league, a genre of evangelism. What do they do? Sure. Two ways to, two ways to do that. They can go to ptl.org and on there is a QR code. They hold their phone up and the QR code will take them uh, either, either to the Google play store or to the Apple app store and say, get the app. The app's name is read, carry, share. 
So they can go to our website or they can just go onto the Google Play Store or they can go onto the, um, the Apple Store and search on read, carry, share. Uh, we specifically use those words because it doesn't load with a cross or anything because as I said, there's lots of countries where you know, it's pretty dangerous to have the word of God on your phone. And so the app's a little bit nondescript, but that's intentional. So it doesn't say Holy Bible, you know, if somebody were to look at a person's phone in say Pakistan. Yeah. So those are the two ways to do it. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Well, um, we've been talking about concept and it's really fun, but let's talk about uh, people that are actually pulling this off in the public square We've talked before about some of our favorite examples, the uh, Chevrolet uh, owner and also blessing the, the Chevrolet dealership owner and, and blessings of hope. So which one would you love to talk about at the moment to tell people, hey, you can do this too? Well, let's talk about blessings of hope a little bit. They're, they're, they're a great organization. I've got one of their gospels here. So this is, this is and it says blessings of hope on the back. This is actually a Ukrainian gospel. So for folks who don't know, Blessings of Hope is an organization um, that feeds people. They provide food. They're brilliant in the way they do it. They look for surpluses. Lots of farmers have surpluses and, and, and things that can't necessarily be shipped. And they take that and they match it to needs. And they largely use volunteers to pack uh, this. Now, just to give you a sense of this, um, when we started the Ukrainian project, they called and said, do you think and they put a gospel of John in every food box. That's their way to do it. I, I skipped over the PTL part because I'm so excited about what they do. Um, they put a gospel of John in every, every box. And so we started with six containers going to Ukraine. And by the time you know it, it transpired, it was 11 containers that went. I forget how many mission agencies they partnered with. Um, and so you know, we get uh, stories back. Uh, so you think, oh, a gospel of John in... The box. Well, now it has a multiple effect because they bring volunteers in to pack the boxes and they're putting in all this food and in goes a gospel of John. Some of those volunteers are from employees from other companies because companies have volunteer work days, right? If you, if you'd like to go do three hours, you know, down at the local food pantry or whatever. So those people get exposed to it. Um, we recently got a story. It was in Washington, DC. They had done some work in Washington, DC person, uh, read the gospel of John, opened it up, received the Lord and called us and let us know that. So, you know, we, we kind of see the effectiveness of that. Um, so it's just remarkable. And the scale that they're doing it at, it would be easy for them to say, you know, we just don't have the time or the capital. We've got to get these boxes of food out. Um, you know, this is a, an optional extra. That's not their approach. I think that the, for me, their approach is, um, no, there, there needs to be a gospel in every box. Right. And, uh, in, ca in case somebody's listening who thinks, um, oh, food bank, I know what that is. That's a, a little hole in the wall uh, at a cheap rent location where a few volunteers come and, you know, give away extra bottles of Aunt Jemima syrup or something like that. Not blessings of hope. They receive food from 120 sources. They've distributed 12 million pounds of food to a thousand ministry partners. They serve 65,000 meals a day. They have 15,000 volunteers and they've distributed $200 million worth of food. And all of that, plus what you just said, equals 
I think a, um, what do I want to say? An intentional focus on the gospel being germane to the business you are in, right? It's not just, we're not just in the food business. We're in the food business and we talk about faith in God. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And it's what motivates them, uh, you know, to kind of do that. They have just a, a great story. We, you mentioned our, 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 our uh, one of our favorite Chevrolet uh, dealer owners. I mean, he puts a Gospel of John in the glove box of every car. And I just one of my favorite stories. He has a number of them, but my favorite story is a, a woman who had purchased the car called him and and said, "Sir, um, you know, I thank I purchased this car and I this Gospel of John was in the glove box. Thank you. I've read it. She had, you know, read it and accepted the Lord. And so he's, you know, on his computer saying, uh, ma'am, I didn't sell you that car. She goes, oh no, no, I bought it from so-and-so. Well, she was the second owner. She, she was, uh, she was buying a used car. So he's on his database. And I, I didn't sell that guy that car. She goes, no, no, no. The car was originally bought by Billy Smith or something. She's like, oh yeah, I did sell it to Billy. So, you know, it sat in the glove box for three owners, but at the right time, you know, and again, that's the God part. Uh, the God part of it, right? You just, the, the nice thing is we plant the seed and then you just get to see God do the work. And I think that's yeah. exciting too. That's exciting. Okay. I have to tell you a Greg story, even though this, this is not about me, but you talked about Ukraine. And so, so I'm driving to the airport in an Uber and this person who's about 25 years old is not very talkative and he's not very conversant in English. And so I said, uh, where are you from? And he said, I'm from Russia. And I said, oh, what are you doing here? He said, I, I won one of the lotteries and got a green card. Wow. I said, oh my gosh, that's, that's fascinating. Um, what do you think about the, the conflict in the Ukraine? And he talked about the fact that he wasn't a fan of Putin and he didn't like what was going on there. And he said, what about you? Where are you from? And I said, oh, I'm Ukrainian. Because that's my grandmother's roots. Wow. I didn't know that. Wow. So here we are, this Ukrainian roots guy in the back seat and this Russian guy in the front seat. And I said, so did you go to the Orthodox church? Oh, he says, my grandmother dragged me there all the time. And I said, what do you think about Jesus? And he said, oh my gosh, nobody's ever asked me that. So, and he went, he starts talking, we had an hour long ride and he didn't stop talking for 45 minutes about faith. And he's totally not a Christian. And he says, Hey, all those other religions. And I said, can I give you something? There you go. It's as simple as that for those who are listening. If I can do it, you can do it. If um, a, a Chevrolet car dealer can do it, you can do it. If a food bank can do it, you can do it. And uh, we are going to put some information up at the end of the podcast that will uh, help people listening to dial a certain number or to go to a certain website and get as many of these gospels as they want. And for those of you who are seeing me flash this quickly, it says the most important CEO in the universe would like a word with you. And uh, so we've used those, I think, I think we've given away 5,000 and more are in the warehouse waiting for you to call or log on to the website and get some to put in your pocket. Amen. Well, David, we're kind of at the end of our time. Uh, if people want to find out more about Pocket Testament League, P like Paul, T like time, L like Larry, PTL.org. 
and you'll find out more. And uh, anything else in closing you'd like to mention? I just want to thank Convena. Thank you and thank Convena. You know, one of the things that um, we are blessed by having a, a relationship with Convene, uh, in, in part because it makes the ministry better. Because I, I joke around about, you know, a not-for-profit business is still a business. And I need to run myself, this organization well for the glory of God, right? The way I treat employees, the way we manage supply and white paper. And so we're, we're really blessed, Greg, to be with, be running with, with people who are about excellence in an integrated way, right? In, in excellence in their faith and how they show up and do their jobs and what they create. So we're blessed by that. I just want to say thank you uh, to you and also to all the convene uh, folks because they're, they make us better. They really do. So thank you Thanks. so much. It's it's our joy to partner with you and accelerate the uh, the deployment of the gospel around the world. So thanks for what you're doing. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. All right, brother.